Welcome to the D&D Buffet Plays Autumn in the City, an actual play podcast of the Dungeons & Dragons campaign, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, published by Wizards of the Coast. My name is Matt, and I am with my good friend, George, who will be our Dungeon Master for the campaign. Hello there, George. Hello there, Matthew. So me and George have known each other around 10 years. Uh, we met at university and lived together, but uh, we never played any D&D back then. And many years we later... We should have done. Oh, we should have done. 100% should have done. <laughs> I don't know why it was never on our radar back then. I think I knew about it, but it wasn't really as mainstream as it is now, and it wasn't as accessible. I yeah. found like, you know, D&D has made its way into mainstream media and sort of nerd culture. And um, because of that, there are so many more ways that you can access the game, like through podcasts and you watch Twitch streams. And, you know, there just seems to be a lot more people playing, which is great. But back then it was... um. It's a little bit more underground, I guess. Yeah. I find as well that the more, like, since I've started playing, the more I mention it, the more, like, people will be like, oh, yeah, I play D&D. Or, like, oh, I used to play D&D. And, like, they're people that you, I, you know, would never know otherwise. And I don't know whether it's still got a bit of a stigma for people, like, oh, it's a bit too nerdy to talk about. I know some people feel that. But, like, I couldn't care less, man. I'd love the game. And... Best, happy to talk about well yeah and we yeah. wasted three years at university not playing let's face it yeah what and then another, another seven after university where we didn't play either. i know you started <laughs> you started a little while ago well we're here now and uh we're deep in it okay so what is it we are going to be playing george give us a little bit of an idea about what to expect so we are going to be playing as you said previously Waterdeep dragon heist published by wizards of the coast so the campaign is set in the city of Waterdeep, which is a metropolis rich in history and culture. Tucked into the Sword Coast to the south of Neverwinter, all sorts of folk come from far and wide to the City of Splendours for the festivals, the energy and the adventures to be had. But this particular adventure begins with the heroes uncovering a secret, a large cache of embezzled gold hidden beneath the city. Who knows what evildoers may be seeking this out, and what dastardly deeds they may do if the treasure is found. It's up to our heroes to get the gold before the villains do. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Absolutely not. So, of course, George will be DMing this campaign, and uh, I will be playing in it, and I'll be playing a gentleman called Remy Leclerc, who you will find out more about uh, in the upcoming episodes. Who else are we going to be playing with, George? Can you give us a little idea? So Joe is going to be playing a lovable bugbear wizard named Rupert Paddington. Ree will be playing Avon Francis, the fighter. Holly will be playing Dimple Hogglebottom, the cheeky clownish gnome bard. And Theo will be playing Alarm, the druid. It's a pretty well-rounded party. And I will be playing 150 plus NPCs over the course of the whole campaign. It was, it was on a bit of a whim that we decided that we would start recording this podcast together. Yeah. None of us had any experience on how to do it or, you know, any professional setup. But Matt um, stepped up to the plate and um, what have you brought to the, the game? Well, yeah, it was learning it all from scratch. Um, so I will record, obviously, our uh, Discord server with all of our voices in there. From maybe episode three onwards, uh, uh, you'll hear the sounds of Sirenscape, which is an online um, sort of ambient sound program um, where I can layer in all these cool sounds. It is, like George said, very much uh, an amateur setup, but I think we, we've done pretty well with, with making it sound fairly decent um, and 
I was going to say professional, that's not the word, even remotely, but uh, yeah, not too bad for an amateur podcast that, yeah, was, was really just a bit of a dream when I started recording it. It was mainly just for us to listen back to. We ended up having an idea that, oh, maybe we'll edit this and maybe we'll put it online and maybe people will enjoy it. And, and I really think they will. So if that's the end of our short introduction, then it gives me great pleasure to invite you on a journey to the City of Splendours, to Waterdeep where we will find all kinds of amazing adventures and stories to tell. Welcome to Autumn in the City. The arms of summer's warm embrace still hold the city of Waterdeep, but the more senior citizens of the City of Splendours know that her grip is waning. The gust whips up off the deep water harbour and rattles its way through the timber structures of the dockyard until the entire district whistles like so many wind chimes. Rain and sunshine come and go frequently at this time of year, and not even the wisest of the city's mages can predict what jacket to wear. The cobbled streets of Waterdeep are slick and wet, but flash like gems as they catch the sunlight. It is one of those autumn days that are summer in the light and winter in the shade. Both the South Gate and the River Gate are open and guarded. <clears throat> Farmers from nearby settlements have been travelling the high road with wagons and carts laden with supplies for the oncoming winter. Waterdeep grows very cold and bitter at the end of the year and the citizens rely on this most important harvest to see through the dark months. The city has been under a dark cloud of tension and violence of late, perhaps brought on by the changing seasons. But today, the nomadic farm folk are joined by travellers and merrymakers from all over who come for the celebration of Bright Swords. The city is brimming with people, a pot close to boiling over, a stew of excitement. The air is filled with the spice of language, dialects and vernacular, comprehensible and otherwise. Cookshops fling their windows wide, filling the streets with the smell of dishes both strange and delectable. Waterdeep is the city of the lights, where things seemingly alien become familiar and strangers become friends. Cross-dressing performers regale audiences with humour and song, while troops of jugglers and acrobats flow through the streets, delighting all whom they pass. If you're not bringing that fabulous energy today, then stay home. This is a day where people define for themselves what it means to be a Water Davian. The City Guard, the City Navy and the City Watch, all in glittering array, conduct the parades down the Street of Silks and Waterdeep Way, giving demonstrations of martial skill and staging mock battles for those thousands lining the flagstone pavements to enjoy. Those desiring to join their ranks are given the chance to demonstrate their prowess with blunted blades against veteran soldiers by joining the mock battles. The wards complete in wrestling and boxing matches and the taverns are full to bursting. The vendors in the market, the court of the white ball and all over the trade ward are busier than ever. Now comes the most anticipated part of the day. The horses are cleared from the field of triumph and the surrounding streets, clearing a wide area. The eyes of the merrymakers are drawn to the peak-top eerie atop Mount Waterdeep, where leaping into the sky come the Griffin Calvary, their bright bugles blasting a triumphant entrance. They swoop through the air and the townsfolk cheer. They pass high overhead and are silhouetted momentarily against the pale sun. 
The riders drop from their steeds in death-defying stunts, gracefully tumbling downward onto the city before being caught by their mounts. The crowd shriek in uh, appreciation. They settle once again in formation, giving the city walls and its tall towers a wide berth, scanning the area for danger. Without warning, an enormous manticore appears in the sky, charging down at the griffin cavalry, its lion head roaring and its scorpion tail stinging. A white drake breathes fire on the soldiers, and several harpies appear in the air, singing their awful siren song. The griffin cavalry are outnumbered. What will they do? The people in the streets scream for the cavalry to rally, which of course they do, taking the fight to the dreadful airborne beasts. The illusory magic provided by the members of the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors are always well received by the townsfolk on this wondrous day. But then again, such are the delights of bright swords. A bugbear, sitting in the back of a carriage bound out of Castle Ward, requests his driver to pull over. He cranes his neck out of the window, lowering his glasses as he looks up into the early evening sky. His furry face splits into a warm smile. He may have missed the Griffin Cavalry this year, but he's watched their display every year since he was young. He's filled with a warm glow of nostalgia as he remembers sitting atop the roof of Paddington's, watching the display with his father and his siblings as a small boy. He grins and turns to urge the cab driver onwards to Warrior's Way down to Hillock Court. He's got a brief stop to make in the dock ward prior to heading home for the evening. A small figure has been sat on the jetty for hours, maybe days. His cheeks are red with windburn and his eyes water fiercely. The solitude is normal for the halfling, however, and time alone sometimes cherished. This is time to think, to contemplate and to remember. He looks out to the harbour. Every now and then his bright eyes play tricks on him, seeing things floating in the water. Shapes appear out of the blue, which is slowly turned as black as ink as the sun has dipped behind the mountains. A few passers-by have hailed him, but he's not responded. He's focused on what lies within the deep water harbour. He breaks his focus for a moment, looking around the dark shadows of Dock Ward. A lantern glows from inside a warehouse, its light escaping through a shattered window. Only now does he realise how dark it is getting. He closes his eyes and meditates, allowing the soft lapping of the harbour's water to soothe him as the salt spray carried on the wind gently bathes his face. No, today he wasn't successful. Tomorrow, he may not be either, but with patience and determination, he would find the answers that he seeks. A human woman sits in the window of a Northward cafe, her nose almost pressed against the glass. She looks out into the street and her clear blue eyes watches the rain stops and a dark cloud clears, revealing the first tick twinkle of evening starlight. The city folk pour back into the streets from their cover under the cafe's colourful awnings to continue their partying. She is alone inside the cafe, but for a half-elf waitress cleaning tables around her. The young woman is wrapped tightly in a cloak, however it seems she is the only one feeling the cold fingers of autumn on her spine. With the rain now having ceased for a moment, she rises to her feet and makes for the door after leaving a few nibs on the table. She weaves through the crowds and journeys south to the dock ward, never letting the ruddy glow of the oil lamps cast their warm light on her face as she moves. It's been an eventful afternoon. The troop did marvellously today. 
Spreading joy was the most wonderful feeling and it seemed like every street corner rippled with laughter as they wandered through the city. The gnome had been stood on the shoulders of a halfling, who was stood on the shoulders of a wood elf, who was stood on the shoulders of a human, who was stood on the shoulders of a goliath. And together, this teetering tower of acrobats had entertained and delighted wherever they had ventured. The gnome, now alone, thought how wonderful it was to be back in the city again. He had been away too long, and had seen how the sparkle of joyous laughter had been slightly tarnished as another summer had begun to vanish before his eyes. The bright swords never failed to be as exciting and as wondrous as ever, and he could think of no place he'd rather be than Waterdeep right now. With nightfall drawing in, he makes his way northwest out of the southern ward where he's just finished telling jokes in an old library. What he looks for is a chance to swap stories, a chance to share an ale, and to find a bed for the evening. That'll be the perfect way to finish the day. Oh, this damn cart was always breaking. A wheel one day, the fastenings the next. It's not as if the blasted thing is over full with wares to sell. I mean, a few scraps of fur can't weigh a cart down so much that it breaks every other day. A man steps back to survey the cart with a grimace. He brushes dark hair from his green eyes and habitually smooths his moustache. Talk about timing. The one day where he actually had a chance to earn a decent, honest wage, and the fucking cart breaks. It's as though the gods were encouraging him to give up on this lark. His hand reaches for his coin purse and feels the few shards that lie within the velvet. He had tried, genuinely this time, to take up trading. However, something was telling him that he wasn't quite cut out for it. I mean, he bought ferret when people wanted vole. He had the idea to sell skunk pelts but ended up burning them in the dock ward just to get away from the stench. Goat leather, great idea, cheap, reliable, easily procured, but it seemed that people didn't want goat leather, weirdly. God to be damned. He needed a drink, and he knew where to get one. We look upon the yawning portal cavern, deep in the dock ward. This uh, is a very famous tavern that is filled to the brim with adventurers on a quiet day but on a busy day like a day like bright swords it is packed with people it's very famous not only for its um its barman dernan who had built the tavern around the collapsed skeleton of an old uh, tower um but just for the adventures that can be found in this place and all five of you guys have somehow um been led here, whether it's your feet carrying you for a rest, or your taste buds desiring one of the famous ales, or maybe it's your curiosity to stare down into the well, into the undermountain beneath, where only the bravest adventurers will uh, choose to go. Um, so, first of all, we see a changeling man sat at a table opposite a human woman. They're stuffed together right at the edges of the table and as they look up they see the scaffolded terraces packed to the nines with um, all of the people in uh, the Yawning Portal Tavern today. People of all varieties, dragonborns, half-elves, elves, orcs, you know, every race under the sun is here and everyone's having a good time. We have Remy Leclerc and Ava and Francis sat opposite each other, not knowing who the other might be, 
But uh, in this crowded place, it's the only place that either of them could grab a grab a bite to eat and something to drink. Um, Matt, what does Remy look like? So, Remy um, is played by Clive Owen. <laughs> um, so he's got kind of shoulder-length dark hair that he's swept back behind his ears, always keeps it back away from his face. Um, as you mentioned, a thick black moustache and goatee. Um, and you won't often find him without his wide-brimmed hat and uh, he has a feather, a griffin's feather, just tucked inside a ribbon, just kind of runs around the top. Um, a lot of uh, dark leather um, straps across his chest, uh, some leather gloves, uh, dark trousers, um, and he looks... Fairly happy to be sat in him, sat in front of a pint. Yeah. The awning portal. Feels at home there. Nice. And Remy's well, I guess we'll find out. But um and Avon. What do you what do you look like? So Avon is a um a thin-ish, uh pale skinned woman, but she's she's starting to get a bit of a tan. Um, she's got the very edges of a black eye just starting to heal away now. Um, she's got uh, brown hair just up in a ponytail with not much care given to it. Um, she's wearing um, a chainmail shirt. Um, it doesn't look particularly new, but also not particularly busted. Um, and on top of that, she's got like a blue, like jackety thingy. I don't know what they're called. Um, and her eyes are darting always, and she's got a permanently nervous look on her face. So, um, a friendly looking woman, um, she sort of like scurries over to your table. She's got a big tray full of empty glasses, and she begins picking up glasses from um, in front of you guys. And she, uh, she says, oh, good evening both here. Newcomers in town, are you? You're here for uh, you're here for bright swords. You're here together, cute couple. Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't know him. It was just the only empty seat. Oh, of course, I'm sorry about that. We're a, a little full this evening, as you can see. And she's like raising her voice to um, shout over the crowd. Um, and you are looking upon. Uh, she's you should hot. be able to see this, so you should. She's be able to see hot, Bonnie. <laughs> So Bonnie is a human barmaid who is going around collecting uh, drinks. Can you guys all see the handout? Mm. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> Bonnie. And she says, "Oh, my my sincerest apologies, madam. I, d- I didn't mean to um to insinuate anything, sir. Apologies as well. Um, can I get either of you a drink? Do you, Do you have any wine? Oh, we have the finest Arbor Gold uh, on this evening. It's uh, a barrel's just come in from um." I'm up by Netherwinter. They've uh, set something up out there, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got Harbour Gold this evening, if I can tempt you to that. Um, yes, I'll take a glass of that one, please. Fantastic. And, and for you, sir? Uh, I've seen you have the Lysander's Red behind the counter. A pint of that. Oh, we definitely do. Absolutely coming right up. Um, just bear with me a couple of minutes, folks. You can see it's a little crowded in here. Um, no, no rush at all. And she sort of scurries back. Uh, over to the bar and returns a few minutes later with your drinks um, and she says sir madam uh, 
May I ask, uh, what brings you to the Leone Porto this evening? It's um, it's it's always nice to see new people, but uh, uh, very familiar faces around here, as you can well imagine. But um, a fresh face like yours, madam, I haven't seen anyone like your of your sort for a little while. Oh, I just happen to be in the uh, in the dock ward and fancied a drink, so here I came. Ah, right, just in the dock, that old chestnut, yes, just in the dock ward, of course. <laughs> and uh, and you, sir? I'm surprised you do not see, know my face, I've visited the yawning portal many times. Oh, pop your, hair, pop your hat up. He is kind of like, keeping it, he keeps it down on his brow, but lifts it up to reveal his face. <laughs> Mr. Leclerc, it's great to have you back. Well, um, enjoy your evening, folks. Um, and she sort of scurries away. So you're a regular, then? Oh, you could say that, yes. Is there anything you'd recommend avoiding? Uh, wow. The big hole in the centre of the room. Do not go anywhere near it. <laughs> Especially after a few drinks. Yes. Yes, I can see that, yes. So, what's your name, Maiden? Avon, Avon. Hi, I'm Avon. You seem a little She's unsure. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, Avon, forgot my own name. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely my name. That's mm. my name. Don't ask any questions. Okay, well, uh, well met, Avon. Did you catch the ceremony today? The uh, bright swords. It's my 36th oh, yes. year, although I missed a few. Yes, I've um, I've seen it uh, a few times in the past, and I caught the highlights today. Um, the Griffin Cavalry are always quite fun to see. Ah, yes, yes, the Griffin Cavalry, one of my favourites. Mm, yes, quite uh, acrobatic, theatrical. So you guys are sort of chatting away, and um, I imagine that uh, Remy, a big big half-orc dude that sat next to you nudges your arm and uh, you spill a little bit he spills a little bit of your drink on your on your um on your lap but you know this is very standard fare for the yawning portal especially on a night like this this isn't your first mm. first time here um and we pan across to a different part of the bar which is um there's a few uh, cozy looking chairs around a fireplace it's normally a quieter section of the bar where um, people might come and read or um, have, uh, you know, conversation about something intellectual or otherwise. Um, it's a space that is sort of like a little nook just tucked away behind one of the columns with a roaring fire in between. Um, and here we find uh, two of our other characters sat on a um, a like a chest, like a wooden chest with iron banding. Cross-legged is a uh, small gnome and sat on the other side of the fireplace with a book in hand is a bugbear. And um, you guys are sort of uh, sat there and somebody else comes over to say hello to you. Um, You see this chap arrive. So, Rupert, can you roll me a uh, can you just roll me a history check, please? Oh, absolutely. 
starting things off with a 15. First roll of new campaign! <laughs> Good omen. Yeah. So, uh, you know Melu more Dragon. Um, this guy um, is a semi-famous adventurer. He is... Um, he loves the Yawning Portal because he loves to come and meet people and sort of try and get them in on his schemes. Um, so you're pre-prepped with this information as he sort of comes stumbling over to you guys. Um, and Dimple, um, I'm not sure that you would have heard of Meloon before. Um, and Meloon comes straight over to you and he says, Good evening, young one. How are you doing? Yeah. I am 45 years of age and very well travelled to you. Oh, but well met it all the same. Uh, ap- apologies, my greatest apologies. I, uh, I, I didn't mean to offend, of course. I'm Melon Wardragon. Oh, no harm done. Melon? Melon? No, Usually me- we would eat some of you. Uh, Melon. Melon. Like a balloon. You know what? I am a bit of a loon myself, you know. Oh, is that right? You know, professional loon, a bit of a clown, you might say. Oh, you and I will get along fondly. Have you ever been adventuring, little one? Well, I've been on many an adventure, you know, rather taken away than perhaps going on them myself. There is much fun to have in all corners of the world, especially when you're small enough as I to fit in them. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, so what brings you to the city this evening, young man? Oh, sorry, you're 45, aren't you? I'm not that young. I'm, I'm you know, well-travelled. Leave it at that. You don't ask a gnome their age. We're just not children, even though we're short. <laughs> I like you, gnome. What's your name? Dimple Hogglebottom, the rising star of Rootsbarrow. But, you know, just humbly a part of the Jester's Guild at the moment. That's why we've come back, you know, to lend a hand to the festivities. Oh, you were, um, you were outperforming today, were you? And Dimple, like, wiggles his... Oh, no, sorry. His little hand like that, and his mage hand kind of appears. And he's hmm. like, yes, lending a hand, as it were. Just our usual antics, a backflip there, a saunter over there, a joke here. You know the thing. Well, I'm, I'm surprised I'm not seeing you performing this evening, Dimple. Um, it seems like this will be right up your street. Just taking a moment of quiet next to our uh, book-learning friend over here, I see. These sort of gestures towards um, <clears throat> towards our hobgoblin, who's sat on the other side of the fireplace. And I imagine, uh, Rupert, you've been sort of overhearing this exchange mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit of heat and smoke coming out of the fireplace that's sort of like getting up into your eyes under your little glasses, I imagine. And this, um, yeah, maybe the, the the sound of this this boisterous human man is uh, is grating on you. But what's 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 uh, how does Rupert respond? So he's just been chuckling to himself as um, as this conversation has been going on. And uh, yeah, he. he he finds a suitable point in the conversation and he, he just, he's, he sees noses in a, an old dusty tome at the fire. And you're right, he, he just tips his glasses forward and uh, lifts the brim of his bowler hat and he just says, <clears throat> Oh, war dragon, it's, uh, why don't you leave this girl alone? She's, uh, she's just here for the evening. She's here to sample one of, uh, one of Dunham's new dwarven ales, I hear. It's, uh, 
they're really quite smashing. They are great. Um, yeah. Can you go and bother somebody else, please? Uh, n- not interested in picking up a sword, finally, and putting the pen down, eh? No, no, no. You know me, Milun. It's uh, it's not my way. There's things of violence and uh, violence and troublemaking. I leave them for other people. This is I'm just here to study and uh, sample the ales. Ah, uh, fair enough. Each to their own. Well, if you guys are interested in anything in the future, adventuring wise, uh, you, you, you fancy leaving the life of academia and uh, coming on a proper adventure, not one that's written on the page, then um, I'll be wandering around. All right, well, uh, bye then, I guess. Yes, we certainly know where to find you, Mr. Wardragon. Uh, if I need you, I'll send somebody over. And he wanders over to another table, and you can sort of hear over the clamour and clatter of uh, the the pub. Maloon Wardragon, nice to meet you! And he's like, <laughs> just doing his same sort of spiel um, as he goes around. Um, See, so yeah, as, as he leaves, um, uh, Rupert sort of nods up and... Uh, looks over at the dwarf sat next to him and he says, oh, jolly good show there, um, my, my boy. So it often takes people 45 minutes to an hour to get rid of old Maloon. Well done, I must say. You've handled him quite admirably. Uh, Rupert Paddington is uh, is the name. Uh, pleasure to meet you. And uh, he sort of stands up to his full height, seven and a half feet tall, um, bugbear, and... Um, and he just sort of one big stride across the mantle and he, he holds out a meaty paw, uh, which is covered in like ink splodges and stuff. And he says, oh, pleasure to meet you. I've not seen you in here before. And undeterred by this great height as Dimple stands at a, a lowly forefoot, he allows his mage hand to kind of come off of his arm itself and grab the scruff of his neck and pull him a little bit up. He's not quite light enough to actually be pulled up. So he uses his mage hand to meet the handshake above him, going, Dimple Hogglebottom. It's always good to meet crazy with crazy, I find. Oh, 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 oh Dimple. Oh, you're really going to brighten this place up. I, I like you already. Yes, oh, what are you drinking there? And Dimple looks down at his drink and he just goes, I, uh, it was here when I got here, and oh. it tasted nice. But uh, now that you question it, just puts it back down again and goes, What are you drinking? Oh, well, I must admit, I can't quite pronounce the name of it, but it's one of uh, one of Dunham's dwarven specialities. Uh, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie, would you, uh, would you come over here and get my friend one of what I'm having? Thank you. One of what you're having, of course, Mr. Uh, Mr. Paddington. Oh, thank you kindly. This one's on me, uh, Master Dimple. And for your kindness, I shall repay you with a joke. What is a beholder's favourite food? Um, he, like, reaches down, like, strokes his chin and tries to think back to whether he's heard this one before. You know what? I don't believe I know the answer, my dear. And flipping onto his hands, Dimple shouts, Ice cream! Oh, <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry! Oh, oh, oh. oh. Oh my goodness, I will have to make a note of that one, although I don't think I could quite perform it as dramatically as you have there. Oh, good show. And whilst Theo's uh, camera is not on, you'll be pleased to know he's looking so upset at me. <laughs> anyway. Dimple's <laughs> um, just chuckling to himself, pleased to have met this dear new companion. 
so you guys are getting on fine and then Bonnie sort of comes back and you're chortling and exchanging little jokes and little tales by the fireside as it merrily crackles and um, you guys are having a, a bit more of a warm time than perhaps the, the, the frostier interaction at the table not too far away um, Avon, can you roll me a perception check please? Yes I can how's it gonna go? Well, it should be pretty good because my stats are fucking meaty. Uh, perception. Oh, fuck. <laughs> there we go. There's meaty stats for a three on a perception. <laughs> I tend to say. I tend this is a terrible first roll for you. I know. Oh, my God. I hope I don't have a repeat of Rosie's rolls. Um, okay, so you are trying to get a look around the bar to see. You, you've heard some music and you're trying to get a... Um, a steer as to who might be playing it, um, one of your favourites or not. But you, uh, so, you know, there's a big, boisterous sort of dragonborn female that keeps putting her elbow in front of you as you're sort of like in the corner, and you can't quite get a look round. However, Dimple, from where you're sat, you notice as a one of the smaller races who comes in. So it's not rare to see a halfling in Waterdeep, but this one looks quite interesting. As he opens the door, sort of the wind catches it and slams on the outside of the tavern, which causes a bit of a bang, and you hear it and sort of shuffles in, trying to shut the door like nothing's happened. And you see, well, yeah. what does Dimple see? Well, Dimple would see, a, you know, a small, a small man, uh, and at first. It would take a moment to uh, take it in because Ulan has a way of looking both 80 years old and 8 years old at the very same time in a way that only a halfling could. Uh, Dressed in brown, uh, you know, simple brown clothing uh, with a hood up over his head um, but some light grey hair poking out of the corners and you can see is the tips of his blue ears and his long blue nose also poking out the front and uh yeah he's uh sodden with water as always and with each step you hear a a squelch and uh you know i think he shuffles his way into the bars you say very uh you know trying trying to keep attention away from himself sure thing um okay so as you enter can you roll me a perception check please what if we all roll so badly that we don't even like notice each other we just go our separate ways (laughs) game over so um you with a 14 you notice that there are a couple of seats that are available in the far corner, there seems to be a group of human men with, and one guy with a shaved head with some sort of tattoo. You can't quite make out what the tattoo is. And they're sort of like gruffly, like, round a small circular table, like, peering around at people. But directly in front of you, you can see an enormous half-orc female in battle armour. No weapon in sight, but um, she's got her chain shirt on and um, she looks tough as fuck. And there's a seat at her table. 
But also as you are scanning around you, with a 14, you notice that there is a dragonborn, an enormous dragonborn that's jump, just jumped off a table in the northern side of this bar. A couple of choices of where you might want to go and sit. <clears throat> I think um, looking around, um, you know, Alan ponders what he sees and... Uh, after swallowing and uh, clutching his hands at his side, he closes his eyes and takes a deep breath and walks towards the imposing-looking female orc. So female orc is sat at this table, and she's just sort of like scanning around the bar, looking a bit bored, if anything. And you sort of jump up on the stool next to her. So this is someone you don't know the name of yet. But you will now. <laughs> Was a pipsqueak like you jumping up on a table with Yagra Stonefist? Is it a wrestle you're after, little one? A, a wrestle? <laughs> yeah, an arm wrestle. You know, just a bit of fun. It's fucking uh, bored in here this evening. Oh, um, <clears throat> well, I, I was hoping I could get a drink first. Oh, yeah, Bonnie would be round in a minute. She'll be round in a minute. I can call her for you, all right? Bonnie! Hi, Bonnie! Bonnie! <laughs> and um, Bonnie comes over and she's like, What will it be, Argus? Jesus, can't you see I'm busy? I'm rushed off my feet in here. She says, I'll have, a, uh, I'll have one of your dark meads and um, for you, Pipsqueak. Um, I-, I suppose I'll have one of what you're having. Two dark meads. That means you've got to wrestle me now, right? Um, I bought you a drink, you wrestle me. That's what we agreed, right? <clears throat> and uh, slowly his voice finding a little bit more clarity. Uh, you know, it seems he hasn't, maybe he hasn't spoken in a while. He's got a bit of phlegm in his throat. Um, <clears> throat> ah, I don't believe I did quite agree to that now, did I? I, I just thought you sit at my table. You might, uh, well... I thought you were here to wrestle. That's, that's it. Oh, and she looks very crestfallen, disappointed. Just seems that, well, just seems it's, it's just a bit boring here for me this evening. Who knows where Davil is? Alan, looking down into the uh, the pit beside him, you know, he, he, he sees an adventurer rappelling down and uh, as, as he looks upon, he's overwhelmed with a, a feeling of loss and helplessness he he doesn't know what to do at this point and uh you know he's here really just trying to meet some people he's very new in this town and you know he's trying to learn some learn some more as he's uh quite new to socializing with all the cultures of waterdeep you know he's uh he comes from a very isolated place and uh, you know, seeing these adventurers to his side, I think the bar the bartender comes back and puts the pint down next to him, and he takes a swig. All right then, let's have a go. <laughs> well done, Theo. You took the bait. <laughs> okay, roll me a. We're going to do a contested athletics. You against Yagra. This is going to be a great way to show off my terrible strength skills. (laughs) (laughs) 
you put your arm on the table and Yaga does the same and she's got this like you know greyish bluish forearm that is just rippling with muscle and there's scars all over it but like just gnarly as fuck she's got like a a studded bracelet on and you grab this half-orc fist and I imagine that Alan is thinking is this what the customs of Deep are is this really how people go about making friends and talking to people anyway you put your hand up against hers and you feel a spurt of power and strength such as you have never felt and you feel like you're matching her strength one for one <laughs> you're both gripped there with your elbows on the table like splinters almost cutting into your, the skin of your elbow but you're holding strong probably another athletic check please good lord <laughs> 15 Yagra slams your fist into the side of the table and, ah! and she says Better luck next time, Pipsqueak. I'll be having these. And she grabs both of the dark meads <laughs> and she wanders off. You uh, Just roll a perception check for me, please. 18. You hear her say, Where the fuck has Dabble got to? Okay, so you see... Uh, so Yagra sort of jumps up and moves round this way. And I think for the moment, Alan just kind of, you know, he's trying to keep his head low and to, to all the other patrons of the of the pub, he's trying to act as if he wasn't even speaking to the orc in the first place and is now trying to flag down the barmaid for a, for a new drink for himself. Um, can all of the rest of you run a perception check, please? Uh, it's an eight. It's a five. I don't know why I would do that, but... I am rolling. So, Dimple, you noticed this halfling, it's a very squelchy looking halfling, come through the room, and he's been blocked from view from the broad shoulders of this beefcake uh, half orc. Um, but you've just seen her jump up and sort of like move away with two pints. You see the, the halfling sort of sat there. But what you also hear is. You pig! You like killing my mates, do ya? And um, from the other side of the yawning portal, you see a human man with a shaved head um, jump up and throw a punch at Yagra Stonefist. Marsha, what's going on there? Um, and as that happens, you notice that there are four further human men in sort of black leathers that jump up and they go to attack Yagra. Yagra, you see her uh, click her knuckles, roll her neck back and forth, and she dives into the fray. As the first strike lands, you hear, just in the background, a little shout of, Get him, fellas! <laughs> As, uh, it, nobody knows where it came from, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, seemingly someone was upset about losing their drink. Yeah. Okay, can everyone roll me some initiative, please? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, boy. Just oh, as if it feels oh, like a mild natural pause. I just want to express my excitement for being back in on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing work so much. back, boys. Okay, um, I'm just going to ask you your initiatives as we go round, if you don't mind. Okay, Dimple. Roll up. Oh, well, it's an eight, but I rolled a five. How rubbish. There's uh, eight overall. Rupert Paddington. Uh, Rupert's got a three. Great. 
Uh, Avon Francis. Ten. Ten. Remy's a twenty-two. That's our road. Hey, what about me? Oh, sorry, Theo's character. I've already got you in there. I've called oh. you Theo's character because I didn't have your name until earlier. Elan, um, you've got a twelve as well. Is that right? Yes. Spot on. Okay. So as you guys sort of see this going down suddenly a lot of the people on the scaffolds and the terraces begin to jump down they form like a big circle around this fight that's going on and i think that all that maybe rupert with his elongated size can see is just a big half orc fist coming down and down and a chair being smashed over the back of her head and um, it's all going off but rupert you can sort of see that it's just chaos and pandemonium first act Remy, you see this big swarm of people surrounding this fight. What do you do? I think initially you'd be a bit wary. But he's going to get a closer look. And he'll look over to Avon and say, you look like you can handle yourself. How about we get involved? Maybe see what these brigands are made of. Uh, he's going to turn. Uh... <laughs> And he's going to turn and uh, he's going to run over and he's going to end up right next to Alan. So yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's sprinting up to get a closer look, certainly, and decide whether so, he wants to get involved at this point. Yeah, as you're sort of getting closer, you're, you're finding it difficult to weave through all the people that are sort of like screaming and cheering and there's pints going everywhere. Like, it's just a bit of chaos. Alan, you're up. How do you react? Seeing this, after having uh, lost the arm wrestle, to him, this is clearly not a good thing that's going on in front of him. You know, this is this is chaos. This surely is. It's not normal behaviour here in this city. Uh, and he believes maybe it's an opportunity for him to be of some help. And he casts the spell Entangle over a 20-foot square trying to cover as many of these guys as possible okay. in order to kind of hold hold them down and stop the fighting. Sick. Love that. So let's get some entangle action going on. So 20 foot square, we're talking... Let's just say it's roughly that big. Is that all right? Yeah, I think I can get them all. 20 foot should be able to. Uh, we want to get Yager in it as well. I'm going for all-out pacifism. Yeah. Okay. No discrimination. Okay, so um, with the entangle spell, are they do they get saved? Are we talking about a... Yeah, so um, a creature in the area when I cast a spell must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained by the entangling plants until the spell ends. Uh, So it's a a saving throw on a spell save DC of 14. It's a strength check. Okay, so I'm going to roll it for Yagra and the leader of this guy leader's entangled Yagra isn't the other dudes are all entangled fuck right okay this could get interesting um right so is there anything else that you'd like to do uh I think he's gonna do this and then kind of turn around and look at the room around him hoping that he's gonna elicit some sort of a positive response from this and be hailed as a hero momentarily <laughs> <Hope you don't. laughs> 
So you see out of the ground come these like twisting vines and leaves that sort of just manage to get this uh, bandit leader restrained around the shoulders and all the other guys of sort of weapons are um, stuck in this undergrowth. But Yagra seems to be quite mobile in there. She's got her fists up and she looks like she's ready to punch. It's her turn. She's going to make first arm strike. That's going to be a miss. That one's a hit. Okay, so you see Yagra pick her shot. She goes for a jab to check the measure first. She gets the distance and then comes in with a right hook and absolutely just cleans this guy straight to the jaw and he is knocked unconscious. Oh, shit. (laughs) I hope I'm not just about to have helped some terrorist orc wreak havoc upon this city. (laughs) You notice as Yagra um, makes this punch she lifts her hands up into the air and just makes a like a blood curdling orcish scream. She's loved that, so he's dead. <laughs> Avon, you see on the table where you're sat a tooth land, like it came out the mouth of one Why? of these bandits that have just been punched in the face on the other side of the bar. It just goes <laughs> landing in front of Why? you and spins on the table. Avon gets up from the table. Um, can, if if she looks around just real quick, can she see if there's like anyone who looks like an authority figure, sort of approaching the scuffle? Um, Where are the parents? <laughs> exactly. Perception. She brings her wine with her. Also, that was ten. So as you sort of stand up and you take a sip of wine, you're having a look around the bar. You don't see any sort of city watch per se. But what you do see is the barman begin to clench his, you know, crack his knuckles himself. And um, he looks like he is about to kick shit off. In which case, I'm going to maybe walk up to the edge of the the, the pit, try and yep. get a better view for what's going to go on. Okay. And she's like watching how the orc woman is like punching and like her form and her figure and stuff mm-hmm. yeah she's got great form you know just checking the measure before she throws her punch she's she's uh she's pretty elite but again um avon probably would have to stand on the little parapet wall that's on the outside of this portal in order to be able to see over the, the enormous throng of people that surround this combat um yes, so avon, avon's gonna keep watching she um yes dimple you're up What's little Dimp's going to do? So, you know, Dimple loves to see kind of the hubbub and excitement, but this is, this isn't on. This is too negative for him, you know? He wants all that joy. So Dimple's going to just like saunter over to the bridge and pop himself on it. And then from there, he's going to yell across at them. And, and whilst he's doing that, he's going to cast Vicious Mockery. Ha 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 ha. Vicious Mockery. Do you need to be able to see um, your target in order to cast Vicious Mockery? Wow, I couldn't have rolled any worse, though. Um, I don't know. New character. Yes. Can I not see them? So you're going to have a bit of trouble. Roll me a perception check. If you get a 12 or above, I'll say that you you manage to see one of these restrained bandit thug-looking guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you can see it. So we're looking for a wisdom save on these dudes. So one point of psychic damage. Fail. So, uh, so you know, Dimple shouts like, "You guys suck!" 
It sucks to fight. We're all trying to have fun here. I mean, there's only one point, so. Um, yeah, and your sort of voice is swallowed up a little bit in the um, in the throngs of people. But you do see one of these like restrained um, thugs in the in the foliage, sort of like, oh, like just make a little face <laughs> at you. That wasn't nice. <laughs> it just looks like mildly annoyed, but he's still like him. Um, right, Rupert Paddington. What's Mr. Paddington up to? So Rupert's been trying to ignore this, but it's, it's going on for a little bit too long now. So he sort of grunts, stands up from where he sat down by the fire, and he looks over to uh, to Dunham, the barman, who you can see is getting ready for a fight. He's just like, gives him a nod of like, I've got this. Mutters under his breath, oh, this bloody town. Every time there's a parade, it's always followed by a bar fight. Ugh. Anyway, he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a little sprinkle of um, ground down rose petals, places them on his palm, and just with a, with like a shushing, just blows them across the bar room and casts sleep into the center of the array. Um, okay. Rolling 5d8. So starting with the creature with the lowest hit points, 22 yep. hit points worth of creature's health, all unconscious. Okay, so you managed to get uh, move him slightly. You managed to get two of these. Uh, are you just aiming for the bandits? Are you aiming for the half orc as well? Right in the middle of what, that sort of fray, and it's a twenty foot radius. So, but it's lo lowest lowest creature first, yeah. Lowest hit points first, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you put two of these bandits. Is there a save on that? Nope. No save. Wow. They just okay. drop down to sleep. Yeah. So two sleeping bandits, like pinned up, like garden. Ornaments almost like just sleep <laughs> pinned up in these branches and these leaves across the way. And satisfied with that, he sits back down in his chair and continues reading his book. So, as uh, Rupert sits back down, Dernan, the barman, says in a booming voice, Right, all of you, out! And he jumps up onto the bar and like sort of leaps over it, sort of hot fuzz across the bonnet of the car style and he sort of charges over towards the the, the fray and he pushes people out like, get out of my way, get out of my way! You lot, if you're going to cause trouble in here, you've got to get out! You too, Yagra! Um, and he says, whoever's brought this foliage in here, get rid of it now! <laughs> right, I'll have to do this myself! And he pulls out a knife from his boot and begins cutting the vines and the twisted roots away to free these bandits the sleeping ones he brings down his fist on wake up get out fuck off all of you and as he's doing this he's sort of just like trying to kick everyone out Remy you're up next Remy roll me a what's your passive perception uh, 13 13 that will do with a 13 you hear something peculiar coming from the portal next to you, or the, the well next to you. And as you look down from where you're sat, drawn to this sound, suddenly, on the other side of the, um, of the portal there, you see enormous green knuckles 
crunch onto the side of the parapet wall, followed by another set of enormous green knuckles. And you see the thumbs with um, like these long, disgusting nails. And it's almost as if the smell hits you before the sight does. A disgusting troll begins to climb its way out of the portal in the middle of the bar. And um, you notice that... um, you know, this monster has warty green skin, a tangled nest of wiry black hair, a long carrot-shaped nose and bloodshot eyes. As it bears its yellow teeth and howls across the entire bar, you can see that half a dozen bat-like creatures are attached to its body, with three more circling in the air. Um, everyone in the tavern begins to absolutely shit their pants, apart from a few hardy adventurers who remain... Um, who remain uh, close by, and you hear Durden shout, Troll! Bonnie! Get Grimvolt! So. Oh, shit. Suddenly. Do they often have creatures crawl out of there? Suddenly, on the other side of the bar, you see this enormous troll pop up. Um, and by this point, the bandits have just sort of realize what's going on and they're hightailing it out of here but yagra does stay around so i'm gonna get rid of those guys so suddenly there's a bigger threat in this bar right now and it's a big fucking troll and he's um ready roll me a nature check please oh it's not good uh six yeah so there are bats they look like spooky bats flying around it and you don't know what they are but Remy, suddenly you've got a uh, something else to deal with here, and uh, Dernan seems to be on the other side of the bar, unable to react. And you see a little, little gnomish character seems to be hanging from the top of the uh, the pulley system. Oh jeez! Levers people down into the uh, into the portal. Remy, what are you going to do, bud? I think you'll turn to uh, Alan next to him and say, "Seems this got a little more." Interesting. Do you have any more spells? Perhaps we could trap this beast. Uh, and he pulls from his back a crossbow. Okay. And he's going to fire it at the troll. Okay. Uh, it is a 13 to hit. 13 to miss, unfortunately. Um, the troll just brings its big, warty hand up and strikes the arrow out of the air. Um, but he sees you guys. Um, he's interested. Mm. A fellow. Um, okay, let me just get these guys on the turn order. Um, there with me. So, uh, up next is the troll himself. And you see him make a dash towards Dernan, um, who has screamed for Bonnie to grab um, Grimvolt from behind the bar. And the troll moves through and comes up face to face. Full amount of full amount of movement. He can't quite get there. He's going to dash. No, he's not. He's going to stay there. And he's going to try and make a swipe out of uh, at Dernan, but he is going to miss. Um, up next is Yagra Stonefist, who is still trying to get all the uh, leaves and plants and roots off her boots, and she's a bit stuck at the moment. Can't quite manage it. Um, 
Alan, you see this from across the, the way, this enormous troll charging towards the barkeep, who doesn't seem to have whatever Grimvolt might be. What do you do? So, uh, seeing this, uh, you know, I'll, essentially, this went the exact opposite of how Alan thought it would. And um, at this point, he's terrified more than anything. Uh, I like to imagine this sort of table in front of him is, you know, like a, a circular bar table and uh, with one singular pole in the middle. And, uh, you know, as he's only four foot, he quite easily fits underneath it without having to do much and kind of turns uh, with his back towards it and panicking a little bit. He casts uh, the spell Shilele. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how you say that very well. That's, that's fine. That's the Shil- campaign thing. Shilele. Shilele. Um, <clears throat> turning his uh, wooden quarterstaff on his side uh, into something resembling more of a fishing spear. And uh, as he, uh, you know, he, he stands underneath his table with his back towards it, he... Uh, Close his eyes and prepares an attack for if anything is to come close to him because at this point he has no idea what his friend or foe there is too many different races and cultures in this he doesn't know if the the ogre is the barkeep or the barkeep is the ogre <laughs> and it's all a bit too much for him right now okay so did you say you're preparing an action just holding an attack if anyone comes nearby him you know sure, he's, sure. he's just panicked okay no problem so that is Alan's turn. Dernan is going to step deftly around the troll, keeping him within um, range. But he's going to shout over to the um, to anyone that's listening in the bar. It just seems to be you guys now, really. A lot, you know. There's a couple of hardy adventurers that still sit at the tables, kind of enjoying the spectacle. But he screams, "Grab some oil! Light it on fire!" Um, and you see Meloon War Dragon, sort of. He, he just points at one of the oil lanterns that are on the table. Like this. Um, and then Dernan screams over, "Body! What the fuck is Grimbolt? And she says, "It's not my turn yet." Avon, it is your <laughs> turn, mate. Okay. Um, I would like to uh, just take a quick sidestep over to this table, real quick grab the oil lantern from off it yeah um and then she's going to use the rest of her movement so that was like what five feet of movement yeah mm-hmm. uh so she's going to use the rest of her 25 to skirt around the edge of the pit which brings her to her uh, fucking somewhere uh hang on the uh, okay. pop, 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 pop. Um, and oh, what is that distance? That's thirty. F- oh, she's gonna have a go at throwing the the oil lantern at the troll. Sure it's either gonna go really well or really poorly. Okay, so uh, make me an athletics check, please. Okay, 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 okay. So you see, sorry, which was re- was that athletics? Yeah, athletics. Yeah. So Remy, you see Avon 
the lady that you just met dash past you, sort of mm. balancing on top of the parapet, and she's got an oil lantern in her hands that she's grabbed off one of the tables, and she slings it across the bar over all this, like, vines that have been growing out the floor and uh, towards the troll, and it splashes all over his back, and his wiry black hair suddenly catches on fire, and the troll makes an, a disgusting scream as he sort of turns around and begins trying to pat himself out. Nice work. Trolls on fire. That's how we like our trolls on fire, typically. <laughs> um, okay, Avon, that's is that the end of your turn? Uh, yes. Okay, Dimple Hogglebottom. You're in a bit of a difficult, different position here because you see some bat-like creatures fluttering in the air um, and they look like they want blood. No. No mish blood. Yeah. Okay, um, so Dimple is going to... Shaking his head, he hates, hates having to get the light crossbow that he keeps strapped to his back out from under his cape. It's not really within his nature to be a fighter, but considering his words were rather weak, yeah, he feels the need to ready an action. Oh no, there's no point in doing that. I will just fire at this one, please. Okay, oh. nice idea. So you're gonna take a shot at this little Sturge boy. Um, let's see if you hit with your light crossbow. So these Sturges are fluttering around in the air, um, and you get the sense that Bonnie's up next, and um, she's got the uh, she's got whatever Grimvolt might be in her hands. It's like a long thing that's kept beneath the bar under a cloak, a dark cloak. As Dimple prepares his um, special light crossbow attack. He's scrambling a bit. His arm quivering with the, the strength of holding up the light crossbow. Any second now, he'll pull the trigger at the it's start. It's so tense. It's got the no. tense. My page is so slow. Remy, you can see this from the other side of the ah. uh, portal and you think this is the most tense moment you've ever seen in a level one combat. <laughs> Bang! Whoa. Tw- 22. Oh, I imagine with the power of the light crossbow going back, Dimple gets knocked onto his little tush. Um, but poof! Uh, yeah, hit me with some damage on that. That's definitely a hit on Sturge Boy. He was just whispering to himself, like, Ooh. you are such a good Robin Hood. The best. What an aim. And, you know, that helped him do it's such light- good piercing damage. It's a light crossbow, D8. Yep. I. Dragged mm. it to my thing. Well done. Enjoy this. The Sturge, which you now know it is, explodes and all of this disgusting troll blood <laughs> showers across um, you know, the onlookers that are nearby, but he is dead. Nice it's the worst Dimple. kind of confetti. Is there anything else you'd like to do, Dimple? Maybe get the heck off of this bridge a bit, retreat to his friend Rupert. Yeah, so you're kind of sat on the like the winch housing where they house the winch to lower the adventurers down. That's where they sort of load up there. So you're sat on the roof of that. Yeah, so you can get down. Uh, next um, is funny. Bonnie, and Bonnie is going to remove the cloak from a great sword that Dernan keeps behind the bar, and she's going to toss it over to him. Um, and Dernan's going to catch it, and with his held action. He is going to make one of his attacks against this troll, which is just burning with flame. Um, so he makes... You're not going to believe this. Dernan makes four melee attacks. What? 
Natural so 20, well. natural 18. Uh -oh. Yes! <laughs> natural 16, natural 17. We should have fought him instead. <laughs> well, this is giving you the idea. real boss. The caliber of the people that are in here. Nine. Plot twist: the barkeep five, was the big bad all along. 14. <laughs> so that's the first one. Seven. Twenty-one. Twenty-eight. Thirty-six. Last lot. Jesus. Forty-seven points of damage on this troll. And he's still alive. Lord help me. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the troll... So Dernan just comes in with this amazing-looking longsword. Swipe, 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 gets the crit off. And uh, the troll, with its burning body, falls to the ground. And Avon, um, he calls over to you. He's like, nice work with that oil lantern. We won't be able to see any troll reviving this evening. Thank fuck. Um... So the they troll, revive? If oh, they're yeah. on fire, they do. Uh, it, it, sorry, if they're on fire, they, they don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> they do otherwise. Uh, we'll talk about this afterwards. This is a tense combat. <laughs> Rupert, what the hell are you doing? You've just seen Dernan spraying troll blood like he's getting out of fashion. Like a subway graffiti artist. That amount, that amount of damage was basically enough to... KO the whole pie, I feel. Oh, yeah. Like one hit. <laughs> Easy. There's some real there's some real people in this fucking story. Like <laughs> you know when I said you can't resolve every situation with a combat? That's because bastards like this exist. Anyway, <laughs> um Rupert, you've seen um Dimple fire off this shot with his light crossbow, falling onto his little touch but managing to scramble off of the um the yawning portal itself. Um how do you react? There's still two Sturges. Uh, he just sighs and says, oh, will I ever get to finish this chapter? <laughs> Snaps his book shut and uh, stands up and uh, he notices uh, Dimple's little foray up onto the uh, up onto the platform in the middle. And he says, oh, Master, Master Hogglebottom, you are a, you are a bold one, aren't you? And he gives her a little smile, um, him a little smile, sorry. I, um, I try. Oh, well, very well done. I saw you dealt with that Sturge remarkably. Now let's see if we can finish off the other two. And he just points a finger over there, and three magic missiles come flying out of them. Uh, nice. And I think I'm going to send one at each of the combatants in the room. So they auto hit, don't they, magic missile? Yeah, I just want to yeah. double check. Do you need to be able to see the target? Because you can only see two of them from where you are. This is true. Where's the third one? Uh, that you can yeah. see, okay, within range. So yeah, yeah, one of them. First missile goes whistling over Dimple's yeah. head and hits this guy here. Four, four points of damage. Uh, um, yeah, so he blows up in a ball of troll blood, which is a beautiful oh. sight to see. Perfect. That leaves me with two more, and then the other two are going to go straight at the troll. First one for two points, second one Tro also for two points. Troll's dead. Oh, troll's dead. Oh, troll's shit. dead, yeah. Dunnan did 47 points of damage with him. Um, you got what you did, one right there. What you did notice is that, um, you know, three of these sturges popped up and started flying around. But the troll yeah. was covered in sturges, like fat with the troll's blood. So you can imagine that its entire climb up this, uh, the well wall, you know, these disgusting parasitical beasts were sucking the blood out of him. So he was, um, he was a bit sore already. You could move to hit this sturge with the last magic minute. Can I reckon um, that I stood up to get a view on all the four, all in all three? Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. So yeah, the second two darts do a total combined four points to the last surge. Yeah, and he is dust as well. Um, Apologies, and... I was reading really Magic Missile. That's okay, mate. And uh, Rupert, as you do that, you see a few of the adventurers that have sat around at the tables in the bar. They give you like a, a round of applause. They love to see a magic missile go off. Like a couple of like the arcane casters, they fucking, they're like, yes, level one, <laughs> magic missile. You see like an old, like wizard mage, like very, like in like the traditional, like fantasy. We love to see it. And he's like, nice work on that magic missile there. Shedding a tear, doing a salute. (laughs) God bless you, (laughs) mum. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, Rupert and Dimple managed to take out the Sturges. Avon got a nice shot off with the oil lantern. And everyone sort of like begins sort of crowding around. There's a few of, you know, um, the Loon War Dragon comes over to the troll and him and Dernan, I don't know if any of you guys help, but they begin to start pulling the troll. <laughs> Try and flop him back over the edge into mm. the undermountain. And there's a few little sturge puffs dead around. And then suddenly the people that were hiding above sort of begin packing the terraces again. And you remember I said about the gangs in New York, you know, like the, the leveled bar as mm. it goes up and up and up and up. Like everyone begins peering over and sort of clapping and cheering and there's a few pats on the back Remy um, suddenly comes up to you and shakes your hand he's like oh fantastic work well done <laughs> um, and Bonnie's pouring the pints for everyone and uh, yeah so what do you guys um, do? I would like to approach the barkeeper the, the bloke um, uh, Dernan Der- yeah I'm going to write that name down so Dernan has got his arm, he's got both of his arms round um, this troll's armpit and he's gagging from the smell as he's trying to drag it over towards the... Um... I'll, uh, I'll like grab a leg and help and I'll just say, so um, do creatures often climb up this pit? <sighs> well, it's just... the problem is the more adventurers that go down into the Undermountain, the more nasties they like to come up, you know. They think it's an exchange, you know. It's 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 a pain in my arse, really. But um, good job I've got Grim Vault here to help me deal with him. He sort of pats you, his hill where he's got his great sword. You you might think about installing some sort of net above the opening, perhaps. A net, right, right. Bonnie, have you ever thought about a net? <laughs> what do we want a net for? We've got Grim Vault, don't we? Wonderful. Well, um, good, no, good work. I, I must say I, that was a uh, that was great, quick thinking from you there uh, with the old with the old oil. Uh, oh, well, thank you. I, I overheard you um, shouting at Bonnie for uh, an oil lamp, so I just thought that there was one close at hand. So um, he sort of turned Sorry. around to the other adventurers that sort of sat around the tables, and he's like, "I was actually shouting at any of these clowns to react, but." Seems they are too cowardly. And you hear one of them sort of sneer, a little rogue figure. He's like, thought you had him done and looked like you had him taken care of, mate. And they're all sort of laughing away, you know, a bit of friendly banter in the yawning pool. But um, um, you, you mentioned uh, re- revival. Do, do creatures such as that cup once you've dealt with them often? What tends to happen is um, 
troll's disgusting skin begins knitting together wherever you've cut it, and all the blood st- like coagulates very, very quickly, and it just regenerates almost. Um, Horror crawls across Avon's face as he's speaking. Oh, you look a bit peaky, madam. You're right. You need to sit down. Was it when I met, yeah. mentioned the clotting blood on his back? Was it? Was it? Was it? That um, you, off? it you know, it, it, it's possibly just the smell and with the excitement of the day. I'm, I'm just going to uh, go, go sit back down. Uh, and he says, oh, come, come sit over here. Come sit over here. Uh, Bonnie, can you get these lots of drinks for me while I tidy up this fucking mess? And between you, Maloon, War Dragon, and um, Dern, and you toss the, uh, toss the troll body over the other side. And uh, Dernan's like, you, 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 and you, over here, please, if you wouldn't mind. And he's gesturing towards... Lan, who's hiding behind the table. Remy, who's sort of like maybe kneeling, uh, leaning nonchalantly, looking over into the portal. And uh, you've got Dimple, who's catching his breath, and Rupert desperately trying to get this chapter finished before this fucking night ends. Um, but he's gesturing you come over and um, sit at the bar in front of um, where uh, Bonnie is pouring drinks. I like the idea, you know, Alan still even a couple of minutes after the fight has ended still stood there clutching it and as this man yells he peeks open an eye to realise finally everything has actually settled down and beneath this table things things are alright and uh, he makes his way over um, as you walk past Alan um, I imagine that you sort of headed round um, past yeah. Yarbrough <laughs> I didn't quite uh, you know <laughs> pirouette <laughs> across it in the way that uh, <laughs> Yeah, Yagra sort of says, that was mighty fine work, that. It was uh, quite impressive, little man. I think twice before I'm wrestling you next time. But, um, yeah, thank you, I guess. Thank you for your help. I had him covered, but, you know. Uh, well, um, and, you know, and again... This is a good day for Alan. He's he's feeling himself a bit at this point, though he didn't do the most. And it's you know, to to many, it wouldn't seem like it, it's gone the best. To him, he's pretty damn proud at this point. And uh, he says, maybe you could repay the drink. I don't. I don't think so. No, sorry. This, these but these are both mine. I'm going to need them after this. And she <laughs> chugs them both, and she does stone cold, clashing the glasses above her head. <laughs> Alan finally begins to feel like he's slowly understanding the customs of this strange, strange town. Yeah, she like she like punches you in the arm, like friendly. She's like, "Better next time." Uh, thank you. <laughs> as as the uh, the group of bandits are sort of picking themselves up and they're picking up their unconscious mate, they go running out of the the front door. Sort of Dern and points at him. He's like, "Bad lot, them lot. Cocking up to no good again." Can uh, Remy, you're over there as well. Remy, can you roll me a perception check, please? Yes. Eleven. Eleven. Yep, not great. So you notice as the prostrate figure of this, uh, you know, the main prota- uh, antagonist is being dragged out by his pals. You notice that he's got this sort of shaved pate around his head. And uh, do you say eleven? Eleven, yeah. You notice a symbol tattooed on his head, but you're not sure what it is. I don't recognise it. Didn't, well, you didn't see it clearly, but you mm. definitely notice something tattooed on this man's head. Okay. 
Yeah, he takes note of that. Finds that curious. But yeah, so um, Dylan's like, fucking bad lot, headlock. Bastards they are. Just, I mean, it's just, it's it's bright swords, you know? It's supposed to be a good day for trade and good day for drinkers and they're fucking coming here and starting fights and a troll comes up. You lot handled yourselves well, though. I mean, what's your background? You, where, if you, you haven't been down into the undermountain, have you? And he looks at Rupert. I didn't... You're, you're Mr. Paddington, aren't you? I don't remember you going down there. Oh, no. Nasty business down in the undermountain, I, uh, I prefer to keep my head above ground, as it were. Uh, my, my good man, I, I couldn't perhaps borrow this... Uh, this uh, thimble full of salt here, could it? And he, like, picks up a little sh- salt shaker off the table. Oh, it's all, all yours, yeah. Especially after helping with that business. Them fucking sturdy... Bonnie, would you mind mopping them up? I can see troll blood from here. It's disgusting. Turning my stomach. Um, yeah, of course. You know, you helped. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the salt. You've got an old shaker if you want, Rupert. No, thank you very much. Fucking Slips salt, mate. Flips it into a pocket. And, uh, well, while we're at it... Uh, I, I appeared to spill my ale over in the corner there. I couldn't perhaps tr- trouble you for something lighter this time. Maybe an elven pale ale, just to just to really settle the stomach. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, hold on, let, let me check my barrels. What we've got here, and he begins like uh, moving the signs and then having a look. And he says he's sort of like from, you know, like shouting over his shoulder at you. He says, um, "We've got Arwen's finest." Arwen's finest. Do you? Uh... Oh, finest. That one's new to my palate. Yes, I'll give it a go. Thank you very much. Okay, here you are. That's for you, sir. Um, anyone else? What were you after? Bonnie will serve them up for you. Uh, the, these are on me, by the way. You you guys performed remarkably today. It was uh, it was great to see everybody step up and chip in against a, a bothersome old troll. Dimple takes this fairy to heart and is, turns and goes, hmm, hmm. I will take whatever has the largest percentage of alcohol in it, please. And he does a little flourish with his hands, and he's just getting very excited, and he truly doesn't need it. <laughs> um, I suppose I'll just have another wine, please. So we've got one... We've had one jug of ethanol for the gnome, and we've got <laughs> an arbor gold, Arwen's finest. The rest of us? Um... Well, I suppose I'll I'll try the uh, whatever this was again. Oh, what's the uh, the black mead? Did you enjoy your first uh, jug? It was delicious. Thank you very much. Right, right, right. And uh, Remy, Mister Le- Leclerc, what 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 can I get you? As Remy sort of sits back and has a little think for a second, he says, uh, "I think I would take a uh, a, a glass of uh, Tetois, Tetois, Howard." Shut up. He does a hard shot. And you can see him looking down at his crossbow that's just hanging. He's got it kind of looped on his waistband. Shut up, Harold. Uh, I will take a uh, champagne de la stomp. I believe you have that here. Do not turn it. Bonnie. Ooh la la. Bonnie, can you get the de stomp out, please? I think that's out in the back. Uh, She'll be back in a moment. And Bonnie sort of hurries off. Um... And yeah, sort of done and leans his arms on the bar. He's like, I'm generally, genuinely quite impressed with you lot. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of wasters and a lot of fucking ex-adventurers thinking they're big bollocks in here. You saw them all sneering, but you lot seem like you've got something about you. I mean, Remy, I know 
you've been about a little while, and Mr. Paddington, I'm aware of your uh, your establishment, or your, your, was it your brother's establishment over over in the southern border? Uh, that, that's right. Uh, uh, speaking of which, would you put these on Wilfred's tab? I know he's due a delivery soon. I, I, I'll do that, I'll do that. But it's nice to see a couple of fresh faces in here, you know. Uh, did you mention your name, Avon, was it, and um, Temple? Yes. And uh, Alan. I think you said. Well, you enjoy your drinks here for a moment, and just uh, just talk amongst yourselves. And I'll be I'll be back in a sec. And you see Dernan go off to this room. Yeah. So he like weaves between people, and um, Bonnie comes back with the uh, the stomp, and begins topping your glass up. But Dernan sort of disappears into this room for a moment. I think um, you know Alan. He's had a bit of enough of this uh, this orc for the moment, and uh, you know, after he's sat here, he's had a couple of sips of his drink, and you know, she's finished those two, and she's looking at his new one with eager eyes, uh, and he knows it's 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 time to get moving. So he shuffles himself round to the other side of the bar, and uh, introduces himself to. Uh, one of the patrons around on the end, finding himself in front of uh, Dimple, a fellow small person. <laughs> and Dimple's just like giggling into his jug of ethanol, not even quite drinking out of it. He just kind of like uses his fingers to like and make faces, and you know he's not really enjoying it that much, but he's he's getting fairly drunk as he's going, so he swivels round to meet the halfling man and goes, how you doing? You look really, really tall for a, a half a human? A three-quarter human, three-quarter Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very much the same size, but... Um... Come, come sit down, come sit down. Talk to me, talk to me. Are meet my friend. With wide eyes. What are you looking at? Yeah. Um... Nothing, I just thought that you were rather good, was all. I must admit, I rather liked the the way you stood up and, well, <laughs> you had a lot of confidence. Well, you know, I'm full of confidence. Full foot of confidence, that's me. When you look like this, you got to be confident. And he does a little flick of the wrist, not even doing much at all, going, See? Excellent work. Flair. Panache is all you need. <laughs> Olan is trying to mirror this, thinking this is a custom of the town. Uh, flair, panache, yes. <laughs> You're really getting it now. It's this really good. Come on, sit down, sit down. I hate looking down at you. Come on. I imagine we're on like bar stools that are like very high up. That's why I say yeah. that. So like. He's got his legs swinging like, oh, I just love, love it here. It's lovely. It's nice. It's nice to meet you all. Y- yes, it's, it is quite nice to meet meet you all. Um, would anybody care for introductions? But I mean, uh, Remy and I already met over at our table, but... Um, Which one Remy? is Remy again? Remy? Isn't that something for your sore tummy, a Remy? <laughs> of course, but no. And he'll hold his hand up and walk closer. Remy Leclerc. Remy to you. 
Do not have to add the flourish. <laughs> well met, my friend. <laughs> you know what? I love eclairs. So delicious. So small and full of cream and chocolate is a good name. I love your voice. <laughs> and he just turns to them both and goes, I am Dimple Hogglebottom, the rising star of Rootborough. You know, you may have heard of me, the uh, Yule Slinger. <laughs> and he just kind of slumps a bit more into his chair and is just like, just keep talking, just keep talking. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Eclair, um, what brings... Uh, you were very skilled. Do you fight trolls often? I appreciate your compliments, but uh, I shot one shot and missed. And Harold was very disappointed, it seems. You, you did do it with style, though. Oh, thank you, my you friend. Certainly, you certainly looked the part. <laughs> I must say, uh, is it Ulan? Uh, yes, that, that is my name. Your entangled spell, oh, it's quite impressive. You cut all of those brigands in, in one shot. It oh, uh... very impressive. <clears throat> It may have been me, or maybe someone close by. I hope I didn't damage anything. I was right next to you. I saw everything. I saw you muttering and uh, casting enchantments. <laughs> and uh, Alan buries his face in his pint. Oh, don't be, don't be uh, shy away from it. That was a remarkable feat of some. Some divine spellcasting, if I uh, if I was overseeing correctly, then overhearing correctly there. Tell me, uh, Rupert Paddington here, isn't it? he places a bookmark into his book and like closes it carefully, just satisfied that he's uh, he's got to a place where he can uh, he can pause his reading. He says, "Tell me, uh, where where does your spark come from, Master Halfling? I must admit, it's uh, my uh, my own spellcasting. It comes from some place of." Uh, well, years and years of study, it must be said, but yours seem to come flow through you as if from the gods themselves. Dimple very quickly interjects and goes, I can vouch for him. He's a nice guy, Rue. He's a good guy. He's nice. Well, um, great to him, Mr. Hogginbottom, but uh, I would love to hear from the chap himself. Alan <laughs> uh, <laughs> confusedly looks around. Uh, you know... He's had a few drinks in his time, but uh, he's not one to go all out. And, uh, you know, I, th I think this is not quite the way that uh, the halflings that he knows get down when they've had a few <laughs> to drink. You know, often ends with uh, falling asleep in a field uh, quite early and peacefully. You know, and uh, he looks up at this this imposing figure before him, nearly twice the size of him, covered in unbelievable fur. He's never ever seen anything quite like this. Well, sir, um, uh, it's very kind of you to say I, uh, I, I am a druid, and uh, I, I am blessed by by Eldarth, the Great Mother. Oh, a great mother, yes, yes, I know. Well, I'm not a religious man myself, but uh, study of the um, the pantheon of Faerun is is a, a bit of a bit of a hobby of my own. So uh, I'd love to pick your brain over a uh, another one of those dark meads. That would be uh, delightful. Yes. Oh, it seems it seems we'll get along well, be better than me and the orc. I hope. You are similar sized, but 
a little less scary. Oh, thank you for saying so. And you'll all notice that he has bright blue skin and fur all over him, which is which is not a typical bugbear trait. Just mm. thought I'd mention that. Um, oh yes, well, uh, you know Yagra, she's uh, she's a bit of a ruffian around town, but uh, her heart's in the right place, you know. So uh, I believe you must be new here if you don't, uh, you know, recognise at least some of us. So uh, tell me, where, where do you where do you come from, little man? Well, it's a very small. A small, quaint place. Uh, <laughs> I doubt very much that you've heard of it. It's a, a small cove known only to our people. We are the ghost-wise halflings. I, I doubt you have ever seen another blue-skinned halfling such as myself. Oh, hey, matches. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, remarkable. I wonder if our... The blue pigmentation comes from a shed. And he starts to, like, ramble off and mumble to himself and looks off and he's like, perhaps if the ghost-wise halflings... Oh, so, oh excuse me. I tend to go off on a tangent like that sometimes. Train of thought and whatnot. Uh, yes, oh, I'd love to hear more about your little cove. Uh, tell me, what, what do your folk call it? It is known known to us as the town of Corsair. Uh, a quaint but small town. Uh, located in the midst of a of a cove, so peaceful, you would have to venture far from a town like this to achieve the quiet that was ever present for us in our happy home. Happy um, home, indeed. It sounds delightful. I'm, I'm sorry to sorry to interrupt you. Um, I've got an interesting proposition, and this is done, and he's come back. A friend of mine's in a in that next room. You might be able to help him out. I don't know. I'm not interrupting anything important, but um, I've also got this for you. And he pulls out a little black uh, couch and empties onto the bar five d six. So each of you meta. You mentioned this before. Um, each of you throughout this campaign we'll start each session with a d6 each now this is a d6 inspiration dice right so you can award it to one of your fellow players for excellent role playing doing something cool in battle using their spells well um you know an interaction or an insight or like a you know a great save something that you think is worthwhile of inspiration bear in mind it's d6 so it doesn't have to be the most amazing thing in the world mm. but if you start abusing the system they're getting taken right off you done and it's going to snap <laughs> it right back but um yeah so you can't use your own inspiration dice you can only award them to your companions okay yeah um so all of you have an inspiration that you can reward somebody else with if somebody has already been rewarded with one you can reward them with another um, but you can only use one inspiration dice per roll. So you can't, if you've got four inspiration dice because you did the sickest monologue ever from everyone, um, you can't roll four d6 on top of your d20 to yeah. On the so you can only use one at a time, but you can have more than one. Okay. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So uh, Dernan says, um, "Well, if you if you guys are interested, uh, if you wouldn't mind following me." Um, and he heads over to this room here. I pick up my wine and follow. Mm. Remy takes his champers. Alan, finally feeling a bit more comfortable here. Yeah, you know, I stood in the shadow 
of, the, of this, this new bugbear that, you know what, he considers his friend. Uh, he's trucking along with Rupert Paddington. And Dimple falls like a sack of shit from his high chair, <laughs> somehow turning it into, once he hits the ground, he does a little roll and bounces back onto his feet. And as if all planned, however, it was clear from the loud thud of his head on the floor that it wasn't really planned. And he kind of toddles on behind, singing Aven, a little song. Going, Aven gives <laughs> all applause. As he does his little roll. Oh, thank you. It's really nice to hear. I love an audience. <laughs> so, um, Dernan holds the door open and you step into a room and you see this. I've just shown you a handout. I like him. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> so, you see a uh, short human man sat at a table. He's got a long brown moustache that is extravagantly curved. He's got a scarf that is round his neck and a floppy hat that sits on his head. He looks jolly and he's looking through a book as um, you guys come in. And um, as he sees you, he adjusts his little hat, tightens his scarf, he strokes his moustache and he begins rooting through a little satchel that he's got next to his um, next to the table. And he's like... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Adoring fans, uh, make an orderly queue, make an orderly queue. And he brings out five black and white sketches of his headshot, looking slightly slimmer than the man you see before him. He's like, okay, make an orderly line, come on. Right, who am I making this out to? You, uh, Mr. Uh, Mister Moustache, I love your moustache. Who am I making this out to? Does Remy recognise this guy? Does he know who he is? Um, roll me a history check. Uh, 12. 12. You don't know him by sight. Something might tick in a minute. You're a bit confused. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Who, who... Do I know who this is? Uh, you... Avon wouldn't. Avon wouldn't know. Rupert might. Should we all... Can I roll on it? Would... Would Dimple know? Uh, Dimple wouldn't know, no. History check, yeah? It's yeah. too I think Remy, like, sort of recognising the guy, will be like, oh, gosh, I'm an adoring fan. Uh, please, uh, Remy Leclerc, I would love. Please, if you could make one out to my mother, Muriel. If you could put her name in there, she would be so delighted. Oh, okay. To Muriel. Uh, Remy. Love, love. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Uh, you don't know who this is? And your lover, and he's like, he's speaking this as he's saying that your friend and your lover, chronicler, wizard, and so <laughs> Volothampkadam. From the most voluptuous, yeah. boisterous man. <laughs> as Remy takes the book, what's the guy's name? Um, you read his um, beautiful yeah. penmanship, and it's Volothampkadam. So V O L O T H A M P, Volothamp, surname. Gadam. G E D D A R M. I think Remy will Remy will turn to Dimple and say, "Ah, you do not you do not know who this is. This is a Velo Vol." And he's like looking at the the writing. Volo Volo Thamp Gadam, very famous around Of course, he's always nice to meet a fan. George, was that a history check? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, cool. So <laughs> with a 25, um, Rupert pipes Whoa. up. Volo. It is... Oh, I'm doing your accent now. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> French Volo, Rupert. It's, uh, yeah, I've not seen... Oh, I can't get out of my head. God's sake. Um, oh, it rubs uh, off on it. It's, it's, it's Rupert. <laughs> the whole party is sounds like this. <laughs> Volo, I have not seen you... In the library for a long time. Where, where have you been, my good friend? What have you been up to? And he looks up at you and he's like, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Bugbear. I uh, I cannot place you. I can't place you. Tell me, Volo, how many blue bugbears do you know? You surely remember me from the Temple of Knowledge. I'm doing the fucking French again. Oh, my God. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. In, the, in the circles that I move in, uh, I, I meet a lot of adoring fans screaming my name, Volothan, Volothan, sign this, sign this. It's, uh, it's a tiring day, as you can imagine. But, um, sorry, what was your name, Mr. Bogbear? Well, Rupert Paddington, of course, surely. You, you must remember me from the Temple of Knowledge. I'm the head librarian now. I've, I'm, <laughs> no, you were I'm, fine uh, then. You were fine. <laughs> it didn't sound, it sounded in my ear. Um, <laughs> Yes, the Temple of Knowledge. It's uh, uh, It must have been, well, 15, 20 years since you last talked by, but I, I remember her face. The Temple of Knowledge, you say? Up in the uh, castle ward. That's the one. Oh, I knew you'd come around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes, it springs to my mind now. The castle you are... Uh, you are head librarian, you say. How wonderful for you. I will make this out to you, my friend. Dear head librarian, Volothamp loves you much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's signing headshots and stuff. He's like, was it, uh, did you come in here to, um, just to, to get... To, to rub with rub shoulders with a celebrity such as myself? Is that all uh, Dernan sent you in for admiring fans? I understand. Um, he said that you might have something for us. Oh, yes, the headshots, oh, of course. Your name, madam. Uh, what a. It, it's Listen, all, all you're after. the job. Uh, you said something about a job and, and you're wanting something. You don't care. We don't know who you are, man. I'm really sorry. I'm Dimple, by the way. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Right, so the dimple. Let me get this down, dimple, quickly. Um, it just fucking keeps handing out. Dimple Hogglebottom, <laughs> rising star of Rootsboro. There's more, but we can stop there. It's fine. Dimple Hogglebottom, I look forward to seeing you on stage someday. Love your friend, Volothan. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm already on stage. <laughs> Right, enough autographs. He says, "Oh, of course, the um, of course, in my mind slipped it. When you're such a famous celebrity, it's difficult to get your mind out of uh, the PR aspect of it." Please join me at the table if you wouldn't mind. So Dornan said that you can handle yourselves. Seems you did a pretty, pretty number on a troll out there. Just addressing the table at large. I imagine we're all kind of looking at each other. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Us? <laughs> if anyone, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look to Remy, 
to you know to answer to me the the charismatic you know i think he's going to be the one to stand up and take charge now did you see us out there mr gadam we slayed that beast and it was barely even two rounds of the combat it was so quick volo i killed a bat a bat you say how very terrifying my friend is very intoxicated and still managed to kill at least two of these beasts I can do anything cross-eyed. <laughs> if he was sober. <laughs> Look, okay, I'm quite okay. a force to reckon with. I, I, uh, premise, I'll, uh, premise. I'll, start, I'll start rubbing Dimple's back soothingly. <laughs> thank you. It's oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, there is a jug of water. Would you like me to get you a glass? I'm not weak. Uh, just calm down. Just calm. Give me a second. Give me a second. Right, one. How about you take five minutes? Volo will explain why I am here talking to you guys and uh, trying to make a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I love him. I love him. (laughs) Please. Mr. Bugbear. Marry me. Mr. Bugbear. Don't say you know me. Rupert, please. Rupert, of course, of course, my manners. Rupert, you see me in the Castle Ward libraries. You see me collecting information for my special book. You're aware of it. Volo's Guide to Monsters, I'm sure you've read. He looks around uh, the table eagerly, like, Volo's Guide to Monsters, you've, you've read? Well, but, uh, yes, of course. It's uh, it's one of my favourites. Ho- hold on. You you must have ridden that after leaving Waterdeep the last time. You're that, Volo? I'm that Volo, yes, of course I am. It's me, Volo Van Kadam. Come on. And Rupert is visibly excited at this. And he, like, jumps up from the table and, like, rushes over and, like, shakes your hand vigorously, like, oh, Mr. Volo, I did not... Oh, I did not realise, Mr. Volo. Oh, it is a pleasure to meet you. Would you mind a, 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 one or two more of those headshots? Just, if you could make them out to... Uh, if you could make them out just to... Uh, well, it doesn't Take matter. Take mine. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, that's very kind of you. Oh, and he's all flustered now. He's like, oh, I must I must ask you so many questions. I, I say this is a most remarkable evening, it must be said. I know that stepping into the yawning portal, one never knows what you're going to come up against, but, oh, wow, you are truly you are famous. You're practically royalty in the in the scholarly please, circles. Oh. Please. Did you say practically royalty? You mean <laughs> I have royalty, I'm sure. Well, um, no, per- perhaps not literally, but you might, sir, you deserve a crown upon that head of yours. Yes, I've said before to my agent, agent, get me a crown. You say, I can't get you a crown, Volo. It's the long thing we have. Um, <laughs> right. Let us get down to business, Rupert. Books do not okay. get written in a day, but I can definitely tell you my short story in a couple of minutes. Okay. <laughs> this is a story of peril and pain and torture and sadness. And, uh... ah, I'm sure you have noticed the violence in the city over the last 10 days 10 day 10 day a week is called a 10 day in in the water deep. are the weeks day. 10 days long they are yeah they oh, are. Okay. that's gross and weird okay I'm, sorry that now. <laughs> I'm sure you have seen the violence in the city the last 10 day i mean the uh, the glamour of bright swords may sweep the blood under the carpet for a moment or two but uh well, if you look closely, you'll see the stains on the carpet still. Unfortunately, I seem to have misplaced a good friend of mine in this odious malevolence. 
A uh, very good friend indeed. He is uh, a good man named Floon Blagmar. I uh, fear that um, he has been kidnapped. We were drinking spirits neat in a bar over in the dark ward two nights ago. We're discussing my new book. But, um, yes, I'll tell you all about it, Rupert. Just uh, let me get through my story. <laughs> oh, God, thank you. Did you I say your... Sorry, I'm sorry. Did you say your friend's name was Floon Bragmar? It is Floon Blagmar. F L O O N B L A G M A A R. Floon Blagmar. He is a man with more beauty than of brain, if you catch my meaning. He's the kind of guy that you meet to uh, to have a conversation with when you have a bit of writer's block, where, where you cannot think of the next thing to do and you listen to him talk for five minutes and all ideas go from your brain, but where those ideas went, new ones appear. And um, he has a good friend of mine and he's gone missing from the dock ward a couple of nights ago. And I need some brave people on my side to uh, help me recover him. Where was the last place that you saw him? We were... Uh, the Dark Ward. <laughs> the Dark Ward is rather large, uh, Mr. Hogglebottom. Everything's rather large to me. We were uh, in the Skewered Dra- Dragon Tavern between Net Street and Fillet Lane. It's an awful oh place. Uh, the, the Steward Dragon Tavern... Skewered, skewered dragon. Like a shish, like a shish kebab. Skewered. <laughs> like meat on stick. You know, Alan is looking around the room, and this really is exactly the kind of thing he's been looking for. You know, he uh, he he needs to grow in his abilities, but you know, he he's he's come to this town alone and not not knowing of this culture, and this, if anything, is exactly the kind of thing he'd wish for. And uh, he says, uh, sorry, what was your name again, sir? Volo Thampgadarn. Volo. Volo. It's on, your, it's, on your, it's on your autograph right there. I will say your name, Volo. Um, <laughs> Mr. Volo. Oh, God, the name, uh, just that whole voice now is in my head and it's all I can think of. Bibbidi babbidi, bibbidi babbidi, I too, I too know how it feels to lose someone who is very close to you. It it can be a great pain knowing someone is out there. I would love to be of assistance, but I can't say I'd be of much help on my own. I think Remy will be listening intently to what Ulan is saying there. Well, uh, I would hope, Mr. Halfling, that um, you would not be alone. I would not send any of my adoring fans up to the dark court alone. It is a dangerous place. If I may, uh, Mr. Kadan, why haven't you approached the city guard with this? It is a very good question. I fear that the guard are uh, preparing for bright swords. They have a lot on their plate at the moment, all those mock tawny battles we saw in the streets earlier. I, you know, Floon loved those battles. He would have loved to have been there. He would probably take a blunted sword himself. 
and fought them there in the streets. And he wipes a tear from his eye. Look, I need someone that I can rely on. And, and, and trust me, I can make it worth your while, madam, if the coin is the, uh, the, the query here. You read my mind, Volo. How many dragons do you think will be paid for such a task? He pulls out a purse. You get paid in dragons? Not little dragons. <laughs> no, Elan. Here in Waterdeep, we call gold pieces dragons. Oh, oh thank God. Fear not. It is, a charming, it is a charming colloquialism that we have here. Like, look, look, these are the dragons. And he shows you a gold dragon. I should show a gold dragon. Let me show a gold. Let me show you a fucking gold dragon. Yeah, they look cool as shit. Let's see that hand up. They are dope. Big into that dragon. So, um... Who is they this? just fit so nicely in your palm. Would Remy know who the guy is on it? Like... Uh, yeah, you can roll me a history check. Oh, that's not bad. Uh... 19. Roll me a long history check. So I scan my notes. Uh, How would you? Yeah, I'm long just roll. thinking. I know this. I know this fellow. It is long on the tip of my tongue. Same. I cannot quite think of, of who this is. It is coming to me. It's coming to me. <laughs> Any second now. <laughs> the employee just pats him on the back and goes, "Oh, you'll get it. You'll get it. Just let I, it come to you." I will remember. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Um, I will think of um, throats. Ah, it's Agarion. It's Agarion. Agaron. Agaron. I get sorry. I am a few champagnes deep. I mispronounced Agaron. Uh, he was like one of the founders of the city. Right, okay. oh, keep those, keep those curveballs. No, <laughs> men, <laughs> send me an email that you're going to ask me this sort of question. <laughs> uh, Never. Right. Never. Um... I give you a pouch of gold dragons each. Ten gold dragons, to be exact. For your trouble, to begin with. You return my beloved Floon to me. And I will pay you ten times that. <laughs> Alan, really hoping to gain some some partners, maybe, you know, some, some information about the town and s- some further steps on his own journey. Uh, you know, he'll he'll feign happiness with the uh, the amount of money, uh, but really he's in this because he wants some friends. <laughs> it's very sweet. <clears throat> um, Mister Gadan, what leads you to believe that your friend may have been kidnapped? Did he have enemies, or had he got into a fight with somebody? Was he perhaps in debt? I was supposed to be meeting Floon the very next day after uh, I saw him last. He was supposed to be bringing a stack of parchment to my quarters for my new book. He never turned up, and as I said before, he's a very stupid man. I can only assume that he got himself into some trouble. Well, if there's a person potentially in danger, then I cannot turn my back. Great danger. The most dangerous danger in all of the city. You must go and help me find Floyd. Oh, well then. It, it does sound pretty bad. Are you in, Rupert? 
Rupert's this whole time has just been going through this satchel, just like searching. He's like, he finally gives up and he's like, oh, no, I fear my, the library copy is back on the shelves at the Temple of Lodge. I don't have a follow's guide to monsters here. I wish you could sign one for me. But of course, your money is, is so generous, your kind author. But uh, I would have done it. Uh, nothing but a couple of nibs for you. Just to work for the kind and noble follow is a privilege. It really is. Consider me in. Consider me in. That's great news. I'll keep all my dragons to myself. Nonsense. You misunderstand, good man. I do still need the money, but I would have done it for a pinch. You guys roll me an insight check. All of you. It was on a 20 and it rolled to a 2. Ooh, dirty. Dirty 20. Uh-huh. I got a 16. I got a 17. Wow, some pretty heavy insight from you guys. Not liking the look of all your modifiers. Three, four, four. This is worrying. Um, <laughs> you get the idea. Uh, with the Dirty 20, Remy, you know a bit about... Like, since Volo's been talking, like, ah, I know this. I know this guy. I know yeah. this clown. He maybe stretching the truth about how much he can pay you. You get the vibe, like, as soon as Rupert mentioned doing it for nibs, his hands, his grubby little hands are back on the, you know, on the little uh, purses to, to bring the money back. Mm. And you see a little, like, look in his eye. You guys all see it too, but I don't think without the prior knowledge of who Volo actually is, you'd understand that link. So you, you, get, you, you might have heard, Remy, that Volo is a little bit short on his short on his dragons at the moment. Book sales uh, not doing so well. Pretty funny joke, guess. Right. Okay, alright, so I might be a bit short at the moment, waiting for my uh, royalty payments from Volo's Guide to Monsters, but my new book, this will be my magnum opus, my finest, my finest work, fucking French, my, my finest work. <laughs> Volo's Guide to Spirits and Spectres. Oh, it's going to be tasty. It's going to be magnificent. If only I could get past this writer's block. Oh, Miss Volo, I, I know just the spot in the library where you could put that. It's in our uh, it's in our Devils, Dragons, and Outer Plains section. We, we call it D&D Beyond. Just <laughs> right, we'll go right in there. All jokers in this group, I like it a lot. But here's a joke for you, Mr. Uh, Rupert and uh, Mr. Dimple. The only spirits I've been studying recently are the ones behind the bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, my man. Uh, <laughs> little high five. Uh, yeah. Yeah. High fives all around the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> <stitching> them out. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> right, will you help me find my Fluenblad Mar or not? Are you wasting my time in here? I've got a book to write. I always say idiots help each other. And you said he's really stupid, right? Yes, very dumb man. Incredibly. What we say, fellas. And, and lady. There's a little exaggerated curtsy in a seat to Avon. Avon. Oh, thank you. Uh, no I... problem, mademoiselle. We will take up this quest, Volo. On guarantee that we will receive full... Ten times payment upon bringing your friend back, and I guarantee that we will. Hello, my friend. Can I call you my friend? 
Mm, we'll see if you get my flume back. Oh, well, consider him found, if that is the snakes. Great, that's great news. Just before we set off to uh, find Mr. Floon, do you have a physical description so we know who we're looking for? Oh, th- thank goodness somebody in your group has brains asking the good questions, Evan. Floon is a, is a handsome man. He's got this uh, wavy red hair, like almost strawberry blonde, you know, like an African sunset. Ginger. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> much... Uh, <laughs> Ginger! With the very rubies of the earth. <laughs> yeah, uh, Remy high fives with that. No, 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 no. No high fiving. He is definitely ginger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ginger. <laughs> no, Even ghost wise halflings know that's lame. He is tall <laughs> and he is slim and he uh, he wears princely garb. The, the last time that uh, Volo saw him. A soulless and man. Soulless. Oh, ginger uh, joke. Very good. It is an internet oh. meme, I'm sorry. <laughs> no high fives for you. <laughs> what race is he of? He is of the human race. As are you, I think, Evan. Don't know why uh, I said that. It's strange. Question, <laughs> yeah, yes, but there's, there's quite a few humans within the city of Waterdeep. I mean, let's be honest, I'm human too. It's very odd. If my point is proven. But this is the way that an author's mind works, you know, constantly picking up these pieces of information for my special book. Mm-hmm. I sense tension here between you two. You'd get along well. Be- be- between myself and Mr. Gadon? I think so. And he he, um, he does his big moustache, you know, like curling at the end, he says, I do have a certain uh, charm for but women. Anyway, we ought to go get searching now. Yeah. Oh, yes. Floon. Stuart Dragon. Doc Ward. Floon, bring him home to me. Make sure he's got his papers because I'm just writing this book. Where do we find you, Mr. Gadam? Not here. I imagine you do not spend your nights in the yawning portal. Do you have a... I've got my special room. I rent this room for my writing and my studies and... uh... Oh, you know, you... me and Darren are good friends. Uh, why wouldn't I be here? You spoke about a palace mere moments ago. I did mention a palace. A uh, palace of the mind, you know. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Ulla nods as he understands palaces of the minds well. A having palace? spent many years alone on a ship at sea, you know. You get used to a palace in your mind. <laughs> His is a sofa. <laughs> Forgive me for being mistaken like, that you had some sort of abode in the dock world or. Sorry, the the sea world. No, which one's the fucking good one? Yeah, the sea world. Who says I don't? You don't know me. I'm Volof Vampadan. I have houses all over the place. Yeah, I invite you there. <laughs> can I, can I make an insight that. check on that? <laughs> yeah, go on. You're not sure. You think he might be exaggerating, but you do get a kind of flavour that he. He's pretty well off. Hmm. Maybe he's got cash flow issues. Mm. Maybe he's land wealthy, but not cash wealthy. Yeah, yeah. Asset rich is what he is. Yeah, no it's, not it's all in the stock. No liquid. Yeah. Okay, will you please leave? Because uh, Darren's going to come in here. He's going to say, you shouldn't have too many people in here. This is a private room, you said. He kicks my ass every week. So um, off you go, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye and good luck. Uh... Bring <laughs>
Thank you.